Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finances made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting. This is John Sigley with Don Callahan for the weekly UNC football recruiting podcast. Don, not too much to talk about, but, you know, first off, wanted to kind of see how things are going with you, man, if you uh, enjoyed the UNC victory from Saturday. Yeah, it was good. I, I actually really enjoyed it, believe it or not. I'm at, I had my father-in-law in town, and so he and my family actually went to the game, had really good seats, and they enjoyed it. My kids are at the age where they don't they don't care who UNC plays or really the outcome of the game. They just want to be there and want to enjoy the atmosphere, so that was good. How's everything going with you? Good, just same old, same old. I mean, the season's wrapping up as far as football is concerned, so, you know, not sure how much recruiting we'll get to during the off season. I I think we'll definitely have some stories coming up, you know, in January and then closer to national signing day. But I guess one thing that I did want to talk with you about is that North Carolina, unfortunately had a couple kids commit to other schools. Since you put out the mock class 7.0, the two kids I'm talking about are Luke Tenuta and Brendan Armstrong which Armstrong committed to Virginia, and then Tenuta committed to Virginia Tech. So starting with Tenuta, Don, he was a prospect. I know some guys on the message board may have been a little bit down on him, but I thought he was a solid offensive line recruit. So losing him to Virginia Tech, that one kind of stung a little bit more than maybe Armstrong to Virginia. Yeah, first I got to say, I'm really kind of stinking it up with with the mock class. The past two mock classes, my predictions have been pretty bad, you know, and, and maybe it's just kind of par for the course right now. My prior ones were pretty good, so I guess the law of averages had to catch up to me at some point. But yeah, I mean, I think Tenuta was a kid who, you know, was, was a little bit raw for the offensive line position, which is where UNC was recruiting him. He has been basically groomed to be a defensive end because his father is a defensive coordinator, longtime defensive coordinator, was a defensive coordinator in North Carolina, is a defensive coach at Cincinnati, but he's been de- defensive coordinator a bunch of different places. And I guess the kid started to kind of, you know, look at the offensive line position this past summer in North Carolina, started looking at him, you know, at offensive tackle because there was a need there. And it just seemed like a perfect sort of fit and seemed like things were kind of going that direction. And then Virginia Tech ended up offering him and he made a couple visits there. And past Friday, he he made a verbal commitment to Virginia Tech. In hindsight, I kind of felt like, you know, I, I should have known 
that this was coming because North Carolina was really hopeful that it would bring him in on an official visit for the weekend of December 8th. That's going to be their their big official visit weekend prior to the December signing period. So it's in, in particular, it's important for guys who want to enroll early, but also for guys who want to sign early who haven't yet officially visited North Carolina. And then when he scheduled his official visit with Virginia Tech for that weekend, I saw that and I was like, hmm, that's not a great sign. I just figured, okay, North Carolina will either get him in on the weekend before or the weekend after. And and maybe, you know, it's going to be a, a chess play there where North Carolina has to decide, okay, do we want to get the first official visit or do we want to get the last? And because it's a little bit of a gamble with, with, with deciding that. And then before I, I got to actually kind of dive into it to see what North Carolina's game plan was, he tweets out that he had committed to Virginia Tech. So for North Carolina, it's an unfortunate situation, but I think you know, UNC's obviously still has a bunch of big fish out there that they're recruiting. We've talked about William Barnes, and there's some others also that North Carolina's recruiting, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some new offensive tackle offers go out for some of their, their backup plan guys, maybe some guys who had who have had really good senior seasons. So, you know, that that's the main thing. What was your, I guess, thought when you kind of saw the, or how did you even see the news that he committed? Well, I saw it on Saturday morning, I think probably when everyone else saw it. Isn't that when it went out on Twitter when he announced that? Wasn't it Saturday morning? I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he tweeted it on Friday. My okay. days start to run together. So <laughs> it, it, it might have been Saturday, but I, I, I thought it was Friday. Gotcha. Well, no, I just saw it come across Twitter and my first feeling was just crap <laughs> because <laughs> I thought that he was someone that Carolina had a better than 50-50 shot at landing. I mean, he's not you know a super high-rated prospect, but when you're talking about guys on the offensive line, those are the kids where you kind of just want to get, if they have the build and the body set, even if you know, they may not be highly rated and they may be have a couple deficiencies in some area you just want to get them on campus and see how they develop i mean look at these teams that have you know red shirt seniors and red shirt juniors on their offensive line those are teams that generally do better on a more consistent basis if you can get those upperclassmen so i thought that luke was a kid that could have potentially been a contributor down the line and i just thought that because of the unc connections with his dad Carolina would have a kind of leg up on on that race. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit disappointing, but we'll see what happens with Barnes. The offensive line depth, I think Carolina still does need at least one or two more kids this class, but the staff may be holding out for Barnes right now and then see what happens maybe in January. Is that what your general sense is you think they might be you know trying to really land Barnes and if not maybe have a couple contingency plans lined up after the season yeah I mean they're definitely they definitely want to add two more so the makeup of those two is what's going to be the most interesting part I think that they would feel a lot more comfortable if they can get at least somebody committed somebody that they really like committed you know and and then maybe kind of wait it out for some of these bigger fish like you know uh William Barnes is like we talked about and there's a couple of other kids that they that they're going after still Jalen Goss is another kid Chris Blight who plans on enrolling in January he's technically committed to UCLA and UCLA lost their coach the other day which 
which is really the reason why he started to kind of look around was he feared that Jim Moore was going to be fired. So he wanted to kind of look around just in case. And fortunately for him, he had already taken one official visit. He has one scheduled with North Carolina in December. And then he actually had one scheduled with Mississippi State. I think it was for this weekend, I believe. But he's canceling it because his team is making it further in in the playoffs than what, what was kind of expected. So no matter how far that his team gets in the playoffs, that won't affect his UNC official visit because I believe the state championships for Pennsylvania are the weekend prior to his UNC official visit. So that still works out for UNC. And really, I mean, it kind of works out perfect timing because right now North Carolina is scheduled to have the last official visit with him. But but yeah, to go back to your, your original question. I think UNC was hopeful to land a kid like Luke Tenuta, and I am in a complete agreement with you that he's not a kid who was going to come in and play as a freshman, even a redshirt freshman, and probably not even as a sophomore, he, but he would be a solid starter during his junior and senior year. He's just too raw. He just hasn't played offensive line enough, needs to really kind of bulk up and really would benefit from having a couple of years. So he wasn't a guy that, that we would see on the field for any time soon. So he's he's gonna be he's he's gonna it's gonna be a couple of years before he plays Virginia Tech. Yeah. I think if he, if it was a different school than Virginia than Virginia Tech Lab, he was going to maybe a Big Ten school or something like that, I probably wouldn't feel as bad, but because it's Virginia Tech, there's just that built in frustration because they have just been a pain, especially on the recruiting trail for the last several years. And then the other guy was Brennan Armstrong. I don't want to spend too much time on Armstrong, Don. To me, he was a pretty good prospect. I think him and Reuter, to me, about equal, honestly. That was just my approximation. So I think he would have been a decent get as far as just quarterback depth. I know that the staff is still trying to get another quarterback but I just didn't, I, I never got the sense that Armstrong was going to be this game-changing quarterback. So the fact that he went to Virginia after reopening his recruitment, I kind of just shrugged my shoulders and looked to the next one. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I, I, I felt like that was more of a punch in the gut than the Tenuta. I feel like they have so many options at offensive line and, and some, of the, some of the stuff with offensive line, it, it's going to depend on just how the dominoes fall. If, you know, for example, one school who's in it with a bunch of these kids ends up filling up, then you might have a big time recruit kind of fall on your lap. Whereas quarterback UNC is, you know, they felt like that they were in solid position up until, what was it, a month or so ago, because Tyler Shook had committed, they had Jace Reuter committed, and North Carolina was returning the favor and being committed to those those guys. And even, even uh, Brendan Armstrong told me after, after I spoke to him a couple weeks ago when North Carolina kind of reconnected with him, he said that North Carolina was full, he was committed, so contact between him and North Carolina kind of dropped off. But right now, North Carolina is talking to a couple guys who are committed to other schools. I can't really go into details on that sort of situation because most of the time that nothing really materializes and, and putting that information out is, is only going to harm North Carolina's chances. They're also looking at a couple guys who are still on the market, haven't committed anywhere, but they haven't offered anybody yet. I expect that to change within the next couple of weeks, if not sooner. The good thing for North Carolina is that the Winter evaluation period begins a week from today. So um, next week it begins. So Coach Heckendorf will be able to 
go out, see some of these kids in person, even watch some of them throw, spend some time with them because during the winter evaluation period, it's a contact period. So you can have in-home visits, talk to the kids, talk to the parents, and do all the other stuff that you do for regular evaluation period stuff where you you know spend some time with the coaches, spend some time with you know, teachers and guidance counselors and, and that sort of thing to kind of get a gauge on who's going to be the best fit for North Carolina. So I would expect us to have a better idea of what's going to happen with the position probably within the next month, at least having an idea of what are the main targets. That's good to hear. I didn't know that the winter evaluation period was just basically around the corner. And yeah, I mean, I think to be able to have the coaches interact with the family and things like that, that can really try to get maybe some of these recruitments off the ground. And then this is kind of a good area then to go into my next question for you, Don, which with the season being over with after Saturday, the staff is at that point, I'm assuming, basically going to turn their focus to 100% on recruiting. You've mentioned now a couple of times that Carolina does have a big official visit weekend in December. So what do you think the schedule is going to be for the coaches once the season ends and maybe they get the weekend to kind of get prepared But over these next several weeks, you know, what's your best guess at what kind of activity we're going to be seeing out of the staff? Well, just let me just take a quick step backwards. It's technically starting on uh, November 26th, which is Monday. It's technically called a contact period, but it's only a contact period for seniors. And the reason why I call it a winter evaluation period, because in addition to seeing seniors and having contact with seniors, the coaches have evaluation time with the underclassmen. You know, they can't talk to underclassmen while they're on campus or any of that sort of stuff, but allows them to have contact with the seniors. But to answer your question, obviously North Carolina is not going to a bowl, which I'm sure everybody would prefer that to be the case. But the silver lining with that is that UNC basically after Saturday can just focus strictly on this and next recruiting classes. And that's going to start with these off-campus visits for the coaches. So you'll see a lot of, I would imagine that all the coaches will be out just about every single day between now and signing day, save for there is a dead period in there that overlaps with the holidays, you know, Christmas and everything and and New Year's. and, And then also, I think it's like a There's like a week in there also for the uh, coaching convention. So the coaches won't be on the road then, but they'll be back on the road after that. Be hosting official visits just about every weekend. The big weekends, although there'll be other weekends that will host official visitors, but the big weekends are December 8th, which is going to be big for guys who are, like I said earlier, who are enrolling early or who want to take advantage of the early signing period. And then also the other big weekend will be. January 12th, which is the first weekend after the what I call the holiday dead period. I mean, I think it's just called dead period, but overlaps with Christmas, New Year's and everything like that. So that would be the weekend that UNC is going to have the majority of their commits there, the majority of their top targets. And the idea is that the uh, commits will help UNC recruit some of the top targets that are there that weekend. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get everybody that weekend. Because you have, I think you have like a, a four weekends between the dead period and signing day. And a lot of recruits are trying to visit a bunch of different schools and trying to fit their schedule in together. And so North Carolina is going to have to settle for hosting guys for official visits on the weekends after that. 
but yeah, January 12th and then also December 8th are the, are the two big recruiting weekends for this class. So the season might be over with on Saturday, but sounds like the recruiting time of the year is about to really amp up. Was there anything else, Don, that you felt like discussing on this one? I mean, I know without a home game, there's not a whole lot going on. I guess we can touch briefly, though, on the guys that were there for the Western Carolina game from what you posted on the Inside Carolina Tar Pit Premium Message Board, it looked like it was a bunch of kids from the 2019 class. I think some of the local guys were there as well. But that seemed to me like a weekend that the staff was focusing on getting some younger guys in. Is that what you observed as well? Yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a bunch of commits there. But yeah, you're right. I mean, there's the majority of the recruits who were there were 2019 recruits who are, you know, on the radar. Some guys are probably going to be in line for an offer. Actually, one, uh, Jaden McKenzie, actually left with a scholarship offer. He's a kid from at a Wake Forest school that we've talked about ad nauseum the past few weeks because of Devin Lawrence plays for Wake Forest High School. Javon Terry also plays for uh, Wake Forest High School. He's also committed to North Carolina. And the year prior, UNC signed Zach Gill at a Wake Forest High School. And the irony of all this is that for the longest time, Wake Forest High School was producing a lot of talent, but they weren't finding their way to North Carolina. So North Carolina seems to have a little bit of a pipeline building there, and and McKenzie could continue that with the 2019 class. But yeah, for the, for the most part, the majority of the visits there were, were 2019 kids or, or commits. Well, at least they got to witness a Carolina victory. I mean, that was a pretty big blowout. So, you know, it is what it is. I'll be very interested to see who does end up coming on these official visits during December and January. But we'll go ahead and wrap this one up then, Don. Appreciate you taking the time out, out of your Monday to talk with me. And we'll just keep on keeping track on these recruits and see who really emerges, especially at quarterback and on offensive line. Yeah, John, and if I don't speak to you prior to Thursday, happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving to uh, everybody who listens to us. Thanks, man. You as well. And yep, same thing here. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone, in case if we don't get back on the pods or if everyone's just traveling and this is the only one that they can listen to this week. Really appreciate everyone listening in, and we will talk with everyone later on. Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.